Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Auburn Undercover Podcast. My name is Nathan King, Auburn beat writer for AuburnUndercover.com, and I am joined by my esteemed colleague, Mr. Philip Marshall, um, who had a few great columns over the past few days. Um, I really enjoyed the Barton Lester one up on our website right now. Um, You should definitely read it because I feel like a lot of people probably didn't know who that was um, before Saturday's game, and, and that was pretty much a dream come true for him probably probably better than any dream, honestly, he's ever had to, to score a touchdown like that in the game. So definitely go check out that one. But Philip, we have not discussed the Arkansas game yet. You and I have not. Um, we're recording this on Tuesday, so we're about to pivot and look ahead to South Carolina. Um, but Arkansas, we talked about last week as being a game. Neither of us took Arkansas lightly. Not, you know, Both of us kind of agreed, all right, this is not going to be like the past four games in the series where Gus just obliterates them. We thought it was going to be a lot closer. It was a team playing with a lot of passion. I don't think either of us expected it to come down to a game-winning field goal, though. So Auburn wins 30-28. to 28. Um, There was the controversial call there at the end. Um, what were kind of your biggest takeaways from the game? And I, I know you have some opinions um, on the, the botched spike there at the end as well. Well, let's start with that. Um, you know, obviously, it was a near disaster. And, you know, Bo uh, Nix, just I think he – when he dropped the snap, uh, he kind of panicked because what he should have done was pick it up and spike it just like he was going to, which would have been intentional grounding, which is not a yardage penalty. It's just loss of down, and the ball would have been right there. They could have set the kicker in and kicked it. But uh, instead, for whatever reason, he turned out. And and I saw – I thought from the very – from as soon as it happened, I thought, that was either backward or it was sideways. And uh, when it was obvious, the officials were just calling it a intentional ground, and I thought, well, they must have said it was sideways. And uh, the mistake that was made was the officials not calling it a, a backward pass. And we'll never know what would have happened if they had, because right. as it went, everybody stopped and uh, – I mean, the guy that finally ended up with the ball, DJ Williams, was just bending over to pick it up and give it to the official when the guy, to me, it was clear that was not an immediate recovery, which is what it has to be when the whistle blows. So I thought they got it right in the end. They got it right in terms of that. that. They did not get it right and not calling it on the field to begin with. But they didn't. And, uh, uh, and, you know, that would have been a terrible way to lose the game. And, it, it, and but I think sometimes something that gets lost here and especially, you know, people get mad and angry and all this stuff. But, you know, it's not like it, Arkansas didn't have anything to do with that play. That was just a, a bad play by Bo. And I don't know what he was thinking. And for him, it's a really fortunate, it's really fortunate because that would have gone down as one of the biggest, biggest, uh, biggest, long plays 
in many years that it would have been. I mean, he could have come. I saw, I saw Kenny Stabler, who uh, many years ago when I was a teenager uh, in 1965, Alabama and Tennessee were tied seven to seven, and Alabama was inside the uh, inside the 10 yard line uh, to win the game. And Stapler was going to throw it, threw it out of bounds to stop the clock. And it did stop the clock. It was also fourth down. <laughs> so, so that game ended up tied when Alabama should have won. But uh, uh, that was a different time, of course. I mean, a lot more of the game was on the quarterback. Quarterbacks mostly called their own plays and all that stuff. Then. But, <clears throat> but anyway, that was what it was, and uh, the game itself, I thought Auburn was going to blow them out, to be honest with you, and it was 17 to nothing. I said, well, Arkansas, you know, it's just what you always see when Auburn plays Arkansas. And But I didn't take into account that Auburn's defense was going to get – was so, so shorthanded and was going to get just basically worn out, and that's and they did. And uh, – uh, and Auburn was fortunate to win. Even if you take out the uh, take out the uh, the snap situation, Auburn was fortunate to win because, to me, there's a good chance they would not have won if uh, Carlson had made the first field goal. Because Arkansas would have had the ball behind, would have been still being aggressive, still going going wide open, and all they would have needed was a field goal. And if they had gotten it. There wouldn't have been time for Auburn to win the game, and uh, so it's. Uh, but in the final analysis, you win or you lose, and they won. And uh, and whatever they had a chance to do before that game, they have the same chance now, a better chance because they won another game. And if they do what they want to do, what everybody wants to do, then that game would just be a footnote in the end uh, because of who else they have to play. But. Uh, Obviously, it showed some some things that, you know, the offense was – it's just hard to know about that. I mean, the, the first half was played in a rainstorm, which is difficult. Auburn ran the ball much better, which had to be encouraging. And I, I thought Bo, Bo threw it pretty well the second half. Uh, throwing it in the first half was a challenge. But uh, Felipe Franks for Arkansas, he was really good. He's a he, – you know, people – People forget that he was he was viewed as the next great thing at Florida not long ago. Yeah, I think and, he went like uh, thirteen and three as a starter, something right, something yeah. to that effect. Yeah, and he's a, he can run, he can throw, and uh, I thought Arkansas was a far better team than I've seen them be in a, in a, in a good while. And, right. and just I don't know how much more talented they are. Actually, Kevin Steele told me last year after last year's game, he said. He said they got some really talented young guys on that team, and uh, you saw some of them. And, and they added a quarterback, which they right. did not have. And uh, uh, I think they'll win some more games. I think they'll challenge a lot of people. Yep, and I think that's something that in the preseason people just you look at Arkansas's entire schedule and you and you can't really find a place where there was a win on there. And now this team, I mean, they've they've already won an SEC game on the road. They competed with a top fifteen team on yeah. the road and, and they're playing yeah. with a lot of heart and, and they, i think and they competed with georgia for for a right. good bit mm-hmm. of the game. uh yeah well, they ran out of gas mm-hmm. uh uh so I, that, that guy's done a good job uh sam Pittman has done a really good job of, of, of making that team believe 
And uh, and they do have some good players, whether people believe it or not. Yeah, I thought going into the season, they were clearly the worst team in the league. And, well, the worst team in the league is pretty much locked up. But uh, <laughs> Right. Also the most shorthanded team in the league. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Relying on a bunch but, uh, of walk-ons. But uh, uh, it's uh, – That'll be like, this whole season is going to be crazy. There's going to be a lot more crazy things happen before this season's over. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I mean, the no spring practice. You know, I've heard a lot of coaches say in the last few days that they think that has a lot to do with uh, with uh, why so many teams are scoring so many points. I mean, you look at Auburn. You got you got two junior college offensive linemen and two junior college defensive linemen, and you sign those guys to play. That's why you sign them. And, but then you don't have spring practice, and uh, they miss they, – they don't learn how to – And now and they ain't even, playing. <laughs> and even preseason camp is uh, is weird. Right. And, uh, and we don't know how many of them missed two weeks because of uh, COVID. We know several offensive linemen did. I know that. I don't know about defense. Uh, and really the only one of the junior college guys that's played has been Marquise uh, Butler. And he hadn't played much. Yeah. Defensive tackle. So, mm-hmm. uh, so as a result, and Auburn, and then people got so caught up in COVID, they forgot about people getting hurt. Yeah, I think playing that's SEC probably games. frustrating for Auburn right now. Playing playing SEC games every Saturday. Right. Yeah, you play and, Georgia uh, in the second week of the season. That's you're not right. necessarily used to that. No, and. Uh, uh, so Auburn's defense, I'm not sure people realize just how short-handed Auburn was on defense area. Right. And then when Jordan Peters got hurt, that took away the real depth they had at that in, at the, in the back end. And mm-hmm. uh, those guys, didn't, a lot of them didn't come out of the game. Yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, if you look across the board, we could run it down from the, from the top to the bottom. You lose Jordan Peters. You already didn't have – Jalen Simpson at corner. Okay, so you've got a supplemental cornerback in Marco Domeo. He still hasn't suited up to play yet. Right. Um, you're missing your best, one of your best defensive players, obviously your best linebacker in K.J. Barrett, and the freshmen aren't necessarily ready for that. You're only in the third game of the oh. season, so you've got Zion Puckett playing linebacker. Yeah. Um, you have to kick Colby Wooden back out to defensive end because Big Cat Bryant's not available. And then even Daquan Newkirk at, on the defensive line filling in for Wooden gets hurt in the middle of the game. And so, I mean, I'm probably missing – one or two in that. But even with all of that, talking about these teams in the SEC scoring so many points this year, Auburn is still second in the conference in scoring defense, yeah. and they're second in points for play. And they're the number three S&P plus defense in the conference. I think Auburn fans kind of need to – I mean, this is – starters is one thing, but depth pieces is a whole other thing too. You've got guys right now, multiple, multiple guys, that not only do they have an abbreviated preseason and, and, and no spring practices, but they're playing positions that they never played. In that right. they're, they're playing positions they've never played before and being asked to do it on a moment's notice against a team like Arkansas that, you know, we got to hand it to them. They got a pretty darn good quarterback who, who put up a lot right. of yards on them. Right. That's exactly right. And, uh, uh, it was a 30 to 28. Hey, Saturday, that was a defensive battle. <laughs> I mean, I think it was either the second or third lowest scoring game of the day in the sec or something. Yes. Kentucky, Mississippi state, uh, right. Oh yeah, you're, the other one. Yeah. you're not going to be much better than two points, I guess. No, no, that that great air raid offense. But uh, uh, but you know what happens Saturday doesn't doesn't have 
anything to do with what's going to happen next Saturday, uh, other than if you get people back or not. Uh, but, uh, but that's the way it's going to be all season long. Better not get too excited about a big win, and you better not get too down in the dumps about a loss, and you better not be thinking you're going to go nine and one because you're probably not. Maybe Alabama or maybe Georgia. But I think everybody's going to lose. I, I, you play 10 SEC games, there's going to be one or two where you just don't play quite well. Right. I mean, people I rarely run the table on eight games, and now you're right. going to be exactly. more in a bizarre – see, I completely agree with – I don't know who's going to win this weekend – in Tuscaloosa, I mean, I, I think Alabama's probably the better team they're in that room. They're hard to be there now, I'm going to tell you. But, yeah. But Georgia, you know, Auburn ran the ball better on Georgia than Tennessee did. Tennessee had minus one yard. Yep. And if you take out the sacks, they had 45 yards. I think Auburn, Auburn had 30 however many yards, but I think if you took out the sacks, they'd have had like 60 yards. I think they had, yeah, I think so, they had 59 when it was sack adjusted. Yeah. So. Right. So, uh, uh, Georgia is really, really good on defense. That, that's that's a very compelling game Saturday night because I I don't know how you stop Alabama and uh, uh, our colleague Jason Caldwell figured out that Alabama left 41 yards on the field against Ole Miss. If they if they gained if they gained 41 more yards, they would have gained every yard that it was possible for them to gain in that game. Yeah, they average a first down every play, average 10.2 yards a play. I don't, I don't know who's going to slow them down this season. I well, I mean, they got probably the best – they probably got the best running back in the league. Mm-hmm. And Could have the best quarterback. The best receivers in the league. They got a quarterback that can get the ball to them. And they got a great offensive line. Yep. That's about all there is. And um, I'm sure – I'm sure our listeners don't want to hear us talk about Alabama that much, but but they really are going to be very difficult for anybody to beat. And I I, I haven't made any picks yet, but uh, uh, I'll probably pick Alabama. But it's hard to be hard to pick against Alabama playing at home. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at any point this season, I, I really don't see how they're going to be knocked down from supremacy unless they just play back. Yeah, that that doesn't seem likely to happen in a game of this magnitude. Right. Right, and you touched on something that's pretty important that we'll get to here in a minute on the other side of this break, but Auburn's offensive line, we kind of talked about it last week, thinking that this would be the week, all right, you know, they, they want to solidify them against Arkansas. This is a group that's still in flux. This is a group that's still rotating, and now we're adding injuries to the equation. Um, we'll talk about that here in a second and, and look ahead to South Carolina. You're listening to the Auburn Undercover Podcast. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. And we're back with the Auburn Undercover Podcast. My name is Nathan King here with Philip Marshall. We're going to talk a little bit about probably Auburn's most important slash, uh, you know, most vital to the success, whatever you want to say about Auburn's offensive line right now. It seems like anytime one of us wants to ask Gus Malzahn about the offense, whether it's the red zone, whether it's getting more receivers involved, I think seven to ten answers over the past 48 hours, Philip. no matter what we want to ask, it always comes back to the offensive line. And that's because this is the most important group for Auburn right now to get 
a starting five down because I think continuity is really big. It doesn't matter who they are, five guys playing together. We thought we were going to see it. No Austin Troxel. Brodarius Ham is a little, a little dinged up now. I mean, how long is this going to take? I think I asked you the same question last week. How long is this going to take to get this group right. together? Could this be a are rotating the think, entire season? I do think, and, and I, I'm not sure exactly who. For instance, I'm not sure if it's Keandre Jones or Tayshawn Manning, uh, for instance. Uh, I do think they know who they want out there now. I do think that. Uh, I guess, but, I mean, do they want Croxo out there? Do they want uh, – uh, Jackson out there. I don't know the answer to that. You know, I think you can deal with, let's just, I've seen teams before that, that alternate a position on the offensive line. Like you might want to, if you wanted to alternate Tayshawn Manning and Keandre Jones, I've seen that work, but just all this just back and forth stuff. I've never seen that work. And I don't think that's what they want to do either. I mean, I think it's a, uh, it's been a perfect storm. I mean, they, they didn't have spring practice. Then that was probably the most affected position group uh, by COVID in the preseason. And uh, they just never really had an opportunity. And then you, you play you play uh, your second game, and now Rodarius is 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 limping around. Uh, Troxel was out, and so you had like, you end up starting. Uh, a guard at right tackle who had never played there before. And according to, to Gus had uh, really only practiced there last a little bit on Wednesday and on Thursday. And Thursday's not a, a, uh, that's, you know, that's not a big practice day. That's a basically polish things up day. So, but then it turned out Rodarius came back in. So uh, did play and play, apparently played pretty well. So, but yeah, that's, that's the whole key to me. I think the defense will be fine when they get all their players back. Uh, well, all except KJ. I mean, if KJ comes back, it's going to be late in the season. Uh, but other than him, and uh, and I think they, they're not going to be dominant, but I think they'll be okay. And uh, but the offense, uh, unless they, the offensive line has to play well. If it does, if the offensive line doesn't play well. They won't win Saturday at South Carolina. I, th- I believe that. Yeah, everything circles back to them right now, and they and they did a lot of good things. It's, it's again, it's the consistency of having a group together like that because you do good things in one half, and then in another half you're doing those things wrong, but you're doing other good things. Right. Um, I think probably the biggest encouraging factor from Saturday was the way they run blocked. Um, obviously, yeah, Tank sure. Bigsby has been. A phenomenal tailback. I, I just don't think we can say enough good things about Tank Bigsby. He really does seem to be uh, everything he was talked up to be right now. But but the really offensive does. line, to be fair, I think in the first in the second half it was a little bit more of Tank breaking tackles and, and looking like a player from a video game. Right. The first half there were huge holes for him, so that's yeah. going to be encouraging. We had. Well, I think Arkansas Arkansas put another put another defender in the box in the second half. Yep. Yep. So Try to make Bo beat him. That probably also helped with. The backpack that Bo looked better throwing the ball the second half. Yep. That and the rain stopped. Uh, right. But, uh, you know, I think the Saturday's game is a real danger. I really do. And I know it was, South Carolina has not beaten Auburn in an SEC game. They're 0-1-8. <coughs> but we, we both know that Will Muschamp and uh, – and T. Rob and Bobby Bentley and all those guys that have been at Auburn 
And, that, and this doesn't mean that there's some kind of ill feeling, but, you know, they really, really want to win this game. And, uh, and, so, and they're feeling a little better about themselves, even though you and me might be able to beat Vanderbilt 41-7. But uh, uh, it's uh, they're not a bad team, and Will Muschamp is going to have have them ready to play on defense. Now you can count on that. And uh, that the quarterback, he's a first year quarterback, but he's been playing for the offensive coordinator for three years, so it's not like he's he's not a normal transfer quarterback. And uh, and. You know, Mike Bobo's a Georgia guy. He's going to be really interested in beating Auburn too. So, right, uh, it's uh, it's it's going to be a, a and I'll tell you what's underrated at South Carolina, and it won't be a big factor this year probably. But it's when it's full there, how freaking loud it is! It is a loud, loud, loud place. But uh, I think Auburn. I think it was a two-point favorite or something like that, right? Yeah, I think it came from it came down from three to two and a half, I believe, right now. Oh, that's probably about right. And, yeah, uh, might need Anders Carlson again, to be honest. That, that means it's a toss-up, right. and, uh, and I think it is. You can't turn the ball – whoever doesn't turn the ball over, I mean – I mean, South Carolina had a great chance to beat Tennessee and then had a punt bounce up and hit a guy in the leg uh, that took away their last, last chance. But uh, – uh, you know, I, it's going to be it's going to be a good game. I, I think anybody that thinks they're going up there and that this is any kind of mismatch, they're going to be real disappointed because it's not. Yep, I think you're at this point in the season where Auburn's got a lot of stuff they still need to figure out, um, yep. and they're catching this team, a South Carolina team that five out of their first six games are against ranked opponents. Um, or at least in the preseason, LSU, not ranked anymore, whatever. It's still right. LSU. Right. But you look at those games and what's winnable and what's not winnable. You've got a home game here against, against Texas A&M coming up in a few weeks. You had a home game against Tennessee that almost went your way. Talking about how much these guys want to beat Auburn, they are probably looking at this game right here out of all these ranked matchups against these incredibly good teams that they're playing. This is the game where, like, we feel like we can get this one. Our guys well, are going to be fired up to do it. Yeah. They should feel that way That's, right. uh, uh, because Auburn has to play better. They have to play better than they did Saturday. They have to play better than they played in any game, you would think. Uh, yeah, I agree. Now, like I said, if, you know, if South Carolina suddenly puts the ball on the ground four times or something, then that's different. But, but Auburn is uh, is definitely a work in progress. And, uh, if, and they really, really need to get – I think they'll have Jalen Simpson back from everything I've heard, uh, and that's important. And uh, I was told that Daquan Newkirk is fine. So uh, uh, that's two guys that matter. But, uh, you know, they got to figure out what they're going to do at linebacker. You can't, you can't play Owen Papo and, and uh, uh, McLean every single snap. Yeah, as good as they were, they can't do that every if you do. If you do, then you're going to end up losing one of them. Right. So, and that would be a real problem. Right. Uh, so it's going to be interesting. Uh, that's all I know. <laughs> it's uh, – uh, look, every game they play, they would be a significant underdog against Alabama. Every other game they play, they could win or they could lose. Every one of them. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, Auburn's a true Auburn's a true top fifteen team right now. It's just whether or not they're closer to the twenty side 
or closer right. to the top 10 side. Yeah. We know, yeah, we know they know. lie somewhere in there. It's, uh, I mean, you know, you just look at the game. It's Ole Miss next week. Yeah, that's, I mean, <laughs> I'm trying not to look ahead, but that's exciting. <laughs> that's, that's I mean, really Ole Miss can't stop anybody. But right. they, who can stop them? Right. Can Auburn score 45 points? Yeah. Right. It's like, and, yeah, exactly. Exactly. We'll see. Well, we'll get to that one. We, you guys can look forward to that one in a week. Uh, we'll be previewing Ole Miss. Um, you guys will all be hoping we'll be talking about an Auburn win over South Carolina. We'll get the, uh, we'll get the fearless forecasters and the media predictions. We'll get all of our, uh, all of our game picks in later at Auburn Undercover this week. Be sure to lock in at Auburn Undercover. We've got tons of tons of coverage um, left for this one. We're really excited about for this, this game. Like, uh, like Mark was saying in his story today, this is not a, not a series that gets played very often. So we're excited to see it happen. We're seeing it happen a year earlier than we thought. So uh, we appreciate everybody listening to another edition of the Auburn Undercover podcast. For my colleague over there, Philip Marshall, I'm Nathan King, and we will catch you guys next time. Should you ever set foot outside of the hotel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.